Hello. Hello there. <laughs> Welcome. You are listening to Vampires Can't Have Anything. Episode four. <laughs> yeah. It's episode four already. It went by so quickly. Um, well, welcome. Uh, you, uh, you'll be listening to us for half an hour this time um, about all the vampire-related things in contemporary visual culture. And we are your hosts, Andrea González. And Elif Satanaya is by. And Monty is also here with us. Hi, Monty. <laughs> so today we are discussing love. Not any love. The eternal love. The vampire love. And how some of our favorite vampire fictions, um, most of them we have talked about this season, yep. are also based on iconic... Uh, we are having some uh, we are having some <laughs> loops here, so echoes echoes <laughs> from ourselves. <laughs> um, yeah, how these fictions are based on these iconic relationships, uh, triangles, obsessions, and how the vampire narrative is or is not innovative in how we understand we understand human as humans we understand uh, love. Um, I mean, yeah, not not only that. Um, I guess we'll also cover love that is hidden behind the veil of toxicity, you know, toxic love um, and platonic love, but also sister love, the um, love that heals and the love that curses. So all kinds, all kinds of love we will try to cover in, <laughs> in half an hour. <laughs> also, be before we begin, today is a very special day because we have a hotline. We call it the bloodline. Yeah, YOLO. <laughs> um, and the last 30 minutes of our show, 
from 7.30, so get ready. Uh, you can call us and you can share your favorite or most toxic vampire couple. Yeah, but you can also talk to us about maybe you have experienced a kind of love that you thought that was, you know, eternal or you think is eternal or you're experiencing that. But you can also call us if you want to just hate on your ex. We're open for everything. <laughs> um, and also, last but not least, uh, if you impress us, you can win a mug designed yes. by Elif. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have designed a mug so you can drink your coffee and our blood from it. And um, yeah, that's what we have for today. Okay, so please, everyone, take your take your notebooks out, take your notepads out. This is the number of the hotline, which we will be opening at 7.30, um, plus 3.1, because we are in the Netherlands. Plus three one six eight five four zero nine one seven eight. I'm gonna repeat it. Plus three one six eight five four zero nine one seven eight. Yes, you can also find it in the Instagram post that we uh, we posted <laughs> many times. Many times. So <laughs> we hope you're ready. And uh, let's let's start. I mean, my first idea is that uh, the vampire love stories that we know now are also very diluted by the Hollywood filter. And obviously fiction needs conflict. And the conflict of the vampire is always the same. It's this relationship between the vampire world and the human world and what they symbolize to us on a deeper level. So this metaphor of the hidden, the desire, the night represented by the vampire... And the day, the order, the rationality, which is represented by humans. And then how does this collision unfold? Normally, we see that it unfolds through this story, this story of love, this story of seduction, uh, this story that is somehow, I don't know, erotic between a vampire and a human many times. And actually, I mean, it's a story that it's impossible because the vampire and the human belong to two different worlds. So the vampire struggles with their own immortality while also being a predator to humans. And the human struggles with the fear of being absorbed, transformed, killed, while also desiring on another side to live eternally. Um, I think also this whole mess that we are talking today about <laughs> is obviously really influenced by the filter of romantic love. Um, and in this story, for example, we see how starting from Dracula, I mean, whatever we like it or not, Dracula is one of the most influential fictions yeah. um, that has materialized into a super normative romantic love scheme. Pyramid scheme, I would say. <laughs> yeah, uh, we have been talking about pyramid, pyramid schemes for a while now, but yes, yeah. So, so we are just familiar with this traditional idea of romantic love as the active force that saves everyone and everything. This is the magical currency that justifies any action, and it also comes from nowhere and is somehow like mystical and this kind of chivalrous in a way like there's this you know like men on a on a horse by yeah, saving the damsel in distress um and i mean we don't have time in this chapter to discuss why this idea of love is so toxic but i mean everyone knows what love we we talk about you know like love snow white love like twilight which i cannot believe that we are talking about again we will talk about it forever <laughs> oh andrea you have to accept it 
accept it. I'm just not. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I uh, in a way we will cover a little bit of that toxic love. I guess I will. I have. I mean, I guess I was a little bit depressed, and I just ended up on Instagram for too long, and. Um, so I'm going to go over things that are not necessarily involving vampires, but are very vampiric in their respective context. Because um, when, when I ended up on Instagram spiraling down into the rabbit hole of red pill and hashtag Andrew Tate and all of that mess, um, I, I just I ended up watching hours and hours of videos about how this world is a simulation and that we should all study the power of attraction and we sh we should have started prepping five years ago for the big boom and supposedly Satan runs wild and has soul contracts with all the celebrities we love and Sam Smith and Doja Cat are really not well and the cabal is going to eat our babies and Andrew Tate is a god and women are less and lesser beings and this woman named Pearl is dissing OnlyFans girls and this boy in his room is scaling women from one to ten when you know he himself is obviously a minus <laughs> one you know all of this started with one andrew tate video that i watched and it was over in no time so my suggestions offered by instagram were like one of the vampire's many skills hypnotizing me to watch more <laughs> and more so i went from one video to the other and i'm sure i'm mostly i mostly watched like older stuff from three months ago but that doesn't mean it's still being watched and it's not only watched by me but also what i like to call the impressionable tate boys <laughs> and all these men with their podcast shows my god like collectively denying the existence of love and condemning people with uteruses but also really bitching about how men nowadays are simping by going to therapy and talking about their emotions and oh that's so pathetic and at the same time they're enraging over women who make their own choices so you know, um, like, oh, she doesn't know the capital of Brazil, stoner to death, lol. And, you know, this is a this is a quote from a guy who intensely stares into the camera, having learned from Andrew Tate to speak in a way that comes across as if he's this super smart boy. And uh, the background is lit with blue lead light. You know, there's a mattress on the floor, heaps of clothes all over the place. Like, sure, my guy, let's all pretend as if it is a necessity to know the capital of Brazil. You know, the fact that he brings it up doesn't actually mean all the girlies are dumb, although that is what he's aiming at. Um, but he himself is, his character or persona is proving we have a shitty educational system that does not prioritize critical pedagogical ways of healthy learning. Anyway, um, yeah, back to vampire vibes. Um, these people, I do not know, have sucked on my life source like a proper energy vampire would. No joke. So the problem is um, that it was addictive. I kept on going back um, because of disbelief mostly, but also there was some kind of like an entertaining kind of delicious nasty thing to hate on them and this behavior really reminds me of how vampires lure their victims in as if their bite has this addictive poison in it infecting the victim with a desire and a need to return to their dark lair in this case the neon blue lit room filled with trash um the toxic <laughs> x you keep going back to kind of right so like always the rabbit hole is deep and ever expanding and i started to think 
about how these Tate boys are now the contemporary representations of the men holding torches and stakes, although men still hold torches and stakes. Like, <laughs> we're really, we have not grown out of that. So, um, yeah, ready to burn the, the witch or even drive a stake through our hearts. And the woman is monstrous in their eyes, you know, deceiving and dumb, pathetic even. And she doesn't deserve to have the thought of equality in terms of sexual freedom and getting paid for it. Um, cannot show her body the way that she wants. She's deceitful by changing her appearance for the better. She's catfishing, so to speak, and lying and using makeup or revealing clothes to alter her appearance. And how dare she seduce and tempt so she's ridiculed and harassed and attacked in all kinds of forms. And these men teach others to be manipulators. They're learning these skills from, from their masters, the millionaire energy vamps. But the thing is, like, Andre, you already mentioned Dracula. These guys could never be like Dracula, not even in their wildest dreams. Because although the Tate boys fit the description of an evil vampire, of an evil creature, demonic, manipulative, and literally deadly, they could never fit the description of the vampires we come to experience and even love. You know, the male vampires I know are Blade, Spike, Angel... Eric and Bill and Dracula, these are all very passionate undead men. <laughs> and and although very you know, they're 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 they seem demonic, they seem evil, but when it comes down to love, they love hard and they love hardcore and they're passionate and they ha do have emotions and they're really not afraid to share it. They actually that's almost their weakness that they are so um yeah, what's the right word? Just so, let's just keep it at passionate. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, these, are, these, these are men who experience their feelings much more than, than us. And they're, they are beyond human. They are not part of, of our worlds. They're, they're, they, like the, the earthly rules don't apply to them. And I guess that's the same for their emotions. And, uh, and I think that is kind of their actual curse, that they feel things much, much more than us. And, you know, our favorite vampires might be a little self-involved, but their lives past these mere human, aka male <laughs> insecurities, and a life of eternity makes them appreciate the complexities of life more, it seems. You know, love and passion and loss, pain, it's all in very extreme ways, and it's the only way it can be experienced by them. So, yeah, again, these Tate boys could never be Dracula because Dracula is a lover. And he's undead because of love. And he loves so hard that he's tormented by the love, uh, by the loss of his, of his beloved every time he blinks his eyes. And I think here we can question also the purpose of a soul. A soul in this sense, in the Buffy and Angel verse, is very much attached to the ability of goodness. So having a soul means you should be by default a good person or creature but we also know from buffy and angel verse that vampires are soulless beings um but we do see that they can love so i th there's some com there's something there that i am still trying to understand or grasp what that is because how can one love without a soul and how can spike we be with Dr drusilla and how was angel together with darla for so many years and how the hell did spike one morning after a sexy dream about buffy realize he was in love with her and i think this is where the obsession comes in does a vampire actually love 
like, am I right? Because this is very typical because I speak against myself here and that happened in, in two minutes. <laughs> but but maybe, what, what, if a, what if a vampire actually does not love? It just is obsessed. Um, like Edward says to Bella, you are my own personal heroine. <laughs> That's insane. That is a really intense thing to say. Um, sounds like law of bombing also and we know that that is toxic um so yeah that doesn't really sound like love and um it's, it's very problematic edward uh, so yeah so now i'm going back to what i said before maybe edward is like a light version of a tape boy <laughs> obsessive wanting and needing and wanting to own and do you know what i mean so there's something there's something that i am nah, i don't know there's a gray field a gray area and i'm kind of stuck there i think it's also mostly because many of the fictions that we know are really centered from the perspective of the vampire sometimes and not of the vampire but like the, maybe they are from the perspective of who, those who fear the vampire but also the vampire is this male tortured character and i think it's yeah that is really uh, I mean, it comes to its most toxic extent in fictions like Twilight, mm -hmm. Twilight, but coming to Dracula, I mean, Dracula is this older, tortured man who becomes undead <laughs> because of, of this Rapunzel-like uh, love for this princess that then ends him being cursed forever. Yeah. And then he becomes into, he sees this young woman that r reminds him of his first love, uh, who she like she will always, who he will always await for. Um, and then there's this bizarre love triangle between the woman, her, her husband and the vampire. And then he love stalks, <laughs> literally stalks her and vampirizes her. Yeah. But she and her saviors, aka her husband, Van Helsing and friends. I like Van Helsing and the yeah. associates. That's like a... <laughs> And like a proper business name. <laughs> but Helsing Associates, uh, yeah. they, they save her from this evil. And there's this story, older man, younger woman, eternal vampire, mortal human, repeats over and over with different outcomes. Um, sometimes she willingly dives into vamp vampirism, or maybe she doesn't dive into it, but she ends up becoming a vampire, for example, Twilight or the Vampire Diaries, or Dracula is a car. Or <laughs> Queen of the Damned. Or Queen of them. Um, so there are so many unexplored opportunities, from my point of view, within this concept of vampire love uh, that we are like basically losing because of being so obsessed with Dracula. Uh, and we haven't been able to kill Dracula and we are still living in this toxic masculinity Dracula era. Uh, <laughs> the first one is, yeah, just to embody the conflict between the human and vampire world in a love story. I, this defeats the purpose of this chapter, but why do we have to rely on epic love to address the conflict? Um, but also, why is it almost always a her like a heteronormative love story? Uh, for example, let's go back to Carmilla, this gothic novel by Sheridan Lefanu. Shout out, murderers and gay. <laughs> murderers and gay. <laughs> Uh, That's the next mug. Yeah, <laughs> murderers and gay. Uh, where Carmilla, who is eventually revealed as a vampire, um, she's into Laura, who's this young bourgeois woman. And until, once again, Laura's father discovers that Carmilla uh, is a vampire and kills her, uh, they are kind of vibing together. They have something. 
Um, obviously, we have discussed how Carmilla represents everything that is forbidden and desired at the same time in this 1872, but also today, no? the eroticism embodied by a woman that defies Christian morality, and she can only do that by being undead. Um, but I wonder, like, what would have happened if Laura had just embraced vampirism? Like, screw my father, screw my life, my posh life in these fields. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going out there to hunt in the night with my friend Carmilla because, I mean, let's be honest, I think Laura was into it also. Yeah. Um, yeah, Carmilla was a creature of the night, but Laura wasn't lobotomized. Like, she no. was... She she wanted she her as a friend. She was one of those who wasn't lobotomized, yeah. Um, yeah, but not only we kill Carmilla, but also we forget about that story and then we make Dracula, which was mm -hmm. released later, we make Dracula like the main yeah. thing, you know? But yeah, at some point we need to move beyond it. And let's mention Nadia by Almereida yes. that we have mentioned a lot. First positive point, it starts killing Dracula. Plus one. Like. Yeah. Yeah. It immediately <laughs> gets rid of that vampiric patriarchy yeah, situation. Like, Kill the dad. Okay. Bye. And then. Now, by yeah. the way, we are throwing out quotes that are <laughs> out of context. Very, very weird. <laughs> Sorry for that. <laughs> But listen, yeah. listen back to our previous episodes. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Then also it explores further this relationship or like the conflicted relationship between Nadia the vampire and Lucy the human, uh, which is also kind of a reference to this romantic connection between Lucy and Dracula. And then, I mean, Lucy, she moves away in the end from vampirism and it's saved by a really lunatic version of Van Helsing. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Lucy has more agency and she has more depth than Mina, for example, like that, the, yeah. than the character. Yeah, I like how Lucy is a little bit elusive and she's just, she's dissociating a lot, <laughs> which I like. She's, she's really questioning herself and this obsession and she's hating it and loving it and she's accepting both. And that is kind of interesting because it's, yeah, it's, it's, It's so much more human, actually. And it's interesting when you said, Car like, Carmilla obviously represents sort of a female freedom and to give, to not give a fuck and do whatever you want. And she wants, she wanted a friend to share that with, but it all ended up badly. And then Dracula came along. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess going back to the soulless body, um, as I said in the Buffy verse, the, the vampire is is a human body possessed by a demon. Actually, a dead human body possessed by a demon. Um, and things that make a demon a demon are traits such as vanity and pride and such emotions like obsession and having the desire to own someone can be linked to that evilness inside. We see, for example, in Buffy, Angel as evil called Angelus. He doesn't just kill, he tortures. He really obsesses over someone and that is the demon inside of him that does that but at the same time as a human he wasn't really a good person either so bad for plus bad <laughs> made worse um and thinking about this more about the tate boys i'm sorry to go back there again so you know what was absolutely terrifying so i'm i'm, I'm re-watching angel and uh and there's this one episode where angel the as we said the, the vampire with a soul has to go to hell 
to free an evil person. And this person is so evil that he has his own little chamber of constant fire that he should have burned in for eternity. Instead, Angel helps him escape in order to save his own friend who he loves. So for love, he does this really, really evil thing. Um, but yeah, of course, something bad is going to happen because he saved something terrible. And uh, so they find out that this man he saved is a toxic Tate bro who by touching men brings this and i'm quoting from the show okay an ancient like primal feeling to the surface that you know turns these men that are touched by this evil creature into raping murderers of women um and this is a show from the early 2000s okay um and the show Angel is kind of known to exaggerate the problems we have in our society because Angel is really representing an angel in this situation where he helps kind of, you know, people who, who need help from 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 evil. Um, but yeah, literally, what the fuck? So we see this same toxic male vibe everywhere. Doesn't matter where we are in time. It just keep. it's just, it's, it's always, it's always there. And we also see it in um, in Sabrina the Teenage Witch on Netflix, where the high priest, out of fear for the power of women, um, you know, keeps them small and banishes them from performing dark spells. And he does a lot more horrible things, but we just really don't have time to go over it. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's scary. Love seems to be very <laughs> scary, and because it's scary, I think this kind of shit happens. And sorry for making it really, really cringe now, but it's the truth. So mm. love is apparently such a scary topic <laughs> or thing or theme that it turns these silly men into evil creatures, and it and it's like they have to be undead in order to kind of understand the complexity of love, you know. So yeah. I don't know. I think, <clears throat> well, now uh, in two minutes we will open the um, the line for yeah. all of Let's all of our listeners. If you're listening, you're very welcome to call from yeah. seven thirty to um, our bloodline uh, plus three one six eight five four zero nine one seven eight. Um, and in the meantime, we'll just continue. Ranting. We'll just continue. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the. Um, the main the main issue with with this i think it's like how these roles are portrayed in in these narratives for example i was i was reading a section of gilberto perez's book the other day the material ghost and he, he was talking about this film nosferatu like this film from 1922 which is an a, like an unofficial version of dracula in which dracula is called count orlok <laughs> lol yeah. the name yeah. it's great <laughs> um the naming could be better but yeah i mean apparently this didn't really sit well with uh bram stoker's widow it did not um fun fact um they they got sued and a court ruling ordered like that all the copies of the film would be destroyed but yeah. then some prints uh, survived and then the film came to be this influential masterpiece of cinema. Uh, yeah, I didn't really pay so much attention to the film, but uh, what is interesting is how this woman, Helen, 
uh, finds out at some point that the vampire is the cause of this plague and only a woman can break his frightful spell, a woman with like with a pure heart, uh, who will offer her blood freely to Nosferatu and will keep the vampire by her side until after the cock has crowed. So this is like literal quote. Basically, she has to kind of give herself to the vampire. So the vampire sucks her blood and then the vampire dies while sucking her blood. Uh, and then she is like, okay, I'm going to just save the world. And then she she gives she gives her life for this. Yeah, sacrifice, yeah. I mean, it's giving... Penny Dreadful. It's giving Penny Dreadful for sure. But it's also giving a little bit Dracula from Netflix. Yeah, I was thinking of that. Yeah. Like the Van Helsing Dracula. Yeah. Conundrum. How do you say that? Yeah. (laughs) Conundrum? (laughs) Is this a word? Yes. It's like... they. But what I like about Van Helsing is that it kind of it gives a little bit more room for these roles to be deeply explored. It's not like this, obviously, yeah, it's like this hot, tortured man. But then I think both Van Helsing and Dracula have more agency. Like they have more, yeah, they kind of bring equal things to the table. Let's say Netflix also like really washed by um, uh, mass media kind of tint. But, Mm -hmm. you know, in the end, I feel like they both give their lives to each other in a way they're both giving yeah no or not yeah yeah. (laughs) no i agree with you fully yes yeah no i um with penny dreadful it's been a like the last time that i've watched it it was in sorry monty was looking at me and i thought we were being called no (laughs) please call us now we're open by the way i'm gonna repeat the number Plus three one six eight five four zero nine one seven eight. You can win a mug, and it's a great, great mug. Yeah, I would like to have one, so maybe even call myself <laughs> to my own show. Yeah, Andrea will maybe leave the room and call from like the bathroom or something. So yeah. while we wait for for you to don't be shy, just call. It's not also you don't have to tell us a story. You just have to comment. You can say if you're like Team Team Spike, Team Angel. What's your favorite vampire movie? What's your fav- favorite uh, vampire story? Love story? Were you in love with a vampire? Are you a vampire? Yeah. Are you a vampire? Tell us. Yeah. Just call, ask for, uh, you get, we can play a song for you. Also, if you want to convince Andrea that Twilight is great, <laughs> you're more than welcome. We are open. <laughs> I'm going to repeat the number one more time. Plus three one six eight five four zero nine one seven eight. Yes. So, yeah, while we wait for for the calls... Penny Dreadful, mm-hmm. amazing show. You showed it's this. It's a show. great show. Yeah, I mean, it, I really love how it just takes all these gothic stories and tales, and it mixes it mixes really well together. And the leading character is Vanessa Eyes. Gorgeous. I'm in love. Yeah. Oh my god. Eva Green. Eva Green. Whoo! But um. Yeah, and she's she's a what is she? she's a witch? She's a she's she's like a channel. She's, she's a, a channel. T- she's yeah. a channel. That's what it is. Yeah. She's a channel to the other side to yeah. what's behind the veal. Yeah, and she is the veal actually. Yeah, 
Um, and it's it's kind of it's kind of funny because Angel has the same problem <laughs> where, <laughs> where he cannot um, <clears throat> experience ultimate joy because when that happens his soul leaves his body and then Angelus, the evil vampire, returns. And kind of the same happens to to um, Eva Green and Penny Dreadful, where when she really lets herself go, yeah, she becomes this like evil temptress of the dark. Yeah. I really like I really like how this this show also tackles this idea or like the um, historic idea of how this hysterical woman or the possessed woman who is just actually a traumatized woman yeah um who has been historically medicalized and silenced we really see like she goes through at some point we yeah. really don't know if all this possession story is true or mm -hmm. she's actually uh kind of lunat like having hallucina hallucinations But, well, in the end, I mean, in the fiction, she's possessed or, like, wanting to be possessed. No, the posse the, de the I mean, she demon. Doesn't, she doesn't want to be possessed. Yeah, she doesn't want to be possessed. The demon, like, Lucifer. Yes. Demon. And Dracula, who are brothers. Yeah, which I think is so interesting. In Penny Dreadful, Dracula and Lucifer are, are their brothers and they're fighting for the same woman. Yeah, it's like a bit giving David Bisbal... Por el amor de una mujer, but <laughs> like two men, one woman vibes. Yeah, um, yeah Again, and she the triangle really yeah. triangle vibes. Um, she's fighting against that, but also the she's as you said, like she's this veil, she's this communication channel between the two worlds. Um, so I think she's a deeper character with like than many of the women that we like or like the female characters that we have seen that has more like light and shadow in a way and i think the evolution of her relationship to 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 her role is also kind of rich um and then yeah in the end Na dracula is this natural history museum guy yeah I thought he was the most boring character yeah and then he turns out to be dracula yeah mind was blown i was so upset yeah i was really upset because you have kind of an idea of what dracula could yeah. look like and this it was not this guy it was not this guy yeah. but then again i was i was also not a fan of dorian gray in penny dreadful i am such a fan of dorian gray in penny i dreadful. know that you are i mean he just looks like a boy i can't i'm sorry i can totally not mm, i don't get it i um no But um, yeah, okay. We we have a we have a discrepancy here. Also, you can call us to to solve this problem. Like maybe yes. you have a good reason why uh, uh, Dorian Gray in Penny Dreadful. Yes, Dorian Gray in Penny Dreadful. No. So yeah, I mean, in the end, she gives herself into. She gives. She she embraces evil, and it's amazing. Like when she embraces evil, there's an apocalypse. Yeah. I mean, it's awful because it's an apocalypse and like there's rats and vampires crawling all over London and it's like totally apotheosic, but it's also amazing. It's like sick. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really like the plague. It's the plague. And she's this true evil queen. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Gorgeous evil queen. And she's like yep. owning it. Yep. And she also gives herself to death to end, end the apocalypse. 
So she gets the apocalypse, mm-hmm. she goes through it, and then she dies. Yeah. So, yeah, sacrifices, again. I'm trying to think of other sacrifices, but from a from a male person, like... I mean, Angel. Does Angel sacrifice himself? No. Buffy kills him. Exactly. Yeah. But he doesn't resist. I don't know. How would he resist? He's yeah. like, oh my god, Buffy, let me hug you. And then he gets stabbed and then sucked into the hell dimension <laughs> so and, do the, yeah and then he does this like one like his right arm he, he raises his right arm and is like why and and then he gets sucked in yeah um very bad also very bad um special effects <laughs> now that we watch again these yes scenes. oh but it's it's so great i love i love it it makes it makes it so much better because we're watching it now and I'm tired of, of of all of these special effects that are that seem so realistic. Just give me give me the raw stuff. Give me the stuff that is just kind of like still a little bit of green screen around someone's hair. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Yeah. Um yeah. But I'm thinking cuz um I'm thinking about these these guys with the with the torches, burning witches. Um, with their chants, witch, witch, you are a witch. Also, very penny dreadful. We have a whole yeah. we have a whole season about uh, uh, her like her, her witch past. Yeah, yeah, so good, amazing. Penny yeah. Lapone as sort of the big witch. Oh my god, so good. Um, so I um, yeah, the movie that comes to mind. Also, not of. I'm. I'm really not bringing up vampire references today. Okay. Um, <laughs> but there is something vampiric in it, so that's why I'm just okay. going um, out of the box. But uh, the movie Practical Magic comes to mind, which is a great film, totally underrated. Definitely go watch it if you haven't seen it before. Um, Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bullock are sisters who are grieving their mother's death of a broken heart because their ancestor had cursed their entire bloodline, aka Collis, on the bloodline, um, when she was knocked up and abandoned by her lover. And uh, um, Nicole Kidman, Sandra Bullock, they're small kids and uh, um, their aunts are now their, uh, yeah, guardians, that's what you say, right? And um, so their ancestor Maria, they, what what she does is she she curses every woman from her bloodline um, to never fall in love. So if they do fall in love, the men that they fell in love with will die. So digging a bit deeper into this, we watch Nicole Kidman as the redheaded vixen, um, totally a Lilith-like character. She even has a snake that actually represents Lilith, um, sort of on her boob or on her arm, <laughs> something like this. Oh my God, we have a caller. Oh my God. Holy shit. Okay, let's accept. Um, okay, here we go. Hello? Hello. Hi. <laughs> um, is this uh, is this the vampire radio? This is the vampire radio. Can you hear us? Are, are you live? Yes, we are live. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Do you want to stay Hi. anonymous, or can we get your name? Um, 
My name is Carmen. Hey, Carmen. I was actually wondering what I have to do to win that coffee mug that you were <laughs> promoting. The coffee mug. Well, um, you can do... Well, you can tell us about maybe your favorite vampire couple or maybe you can tell us about a love that you felt was vampiric or maybe you feel an eternal love for something. So basically anything vampiric <laughs> within the context of love. You really got me off guard there. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Well, take your time. I mean, I know, I know Buffy the vampire and I know... Uh, I know Twilight. Those are great, uh, great things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know Dracula also. Yes, Dracula, good one. Uh huh. Uh, I know Twil Tilda Swin Swinton. Uh, I know. Uh... I mean. Okay, so you don't necessarily need to know all of them, but <laughs> no, we basically um, maybe yeah. What do you what do you think of of uh, of a vampire in love? Do you think a vampire can actually love? Maybe that's a good question for you. Mm, I mean, I think a vampire can love. I just think they're probably struggling a lot to. Mm, just merge their love experience to other human beings because, I mean, the fact that they're just here forever must make it very painful for them to see all their loved ones just leave Earth before they do. Yeah, that so, is. So I don't know. I think uh, I think it's uh, it's very it's it's more it's I mean love in general is quite existential for everyone, but I think for vampires it's even more existential. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it's more painful, I would say, than than beautiful. But there's beauty in that also. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's I think that's a great answer. I loved it. Is that a? <laughs> <laughs> I think we should. I wish. I think we should include her on the lottery. We will include you on the lottery, Carmen. Yes. With this thank answer. You. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much thank for calling. You. This was great. Thank you so much. Uh, I hope uh, you don't get any better answers than mine. <laughs> I mean, yours was amazing. So, Come to Trixie on Friday. Yeah, Carmen is presenting her film on Friday at 7 in Trixie the Hague. You should all go. This is a, this is a really good movie. I, I already watched at it. Six. Carmen, at is six, this your new six. film? Oh, and Elif is in the film also. So. Oh my God, I am in the film. It's I true. guess I must go then. <laughs> At six. <laughs> six in Trixie the Hague this Friday. We all, we wait you there. The the, boo, the, the big screen debut of uh, Elif. Yeah. And uh, her. I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a lawyer. And that was literally my plan B in life. So... <laughs> feels good everything makes sense <laughs> so Great. see you there vampires oh yes. Ivo's here hi Ivo okay I have to go bye bye bye, bye. thanks for calling bye bye ciao, ciao. <clears throat> okay so plus three one six eight five four zero nine one seven eight the number of our bloodline we are waiting for you 
like the bar is high. Yeah, that was this was a this was a good answer. This was a good answer. Yeah, um, it's true. We have never covered that actually. That you know, the vampire couple, like how, yeah. You know, the reason Buffy and Angel would not make sense, it is because, like you said, they're from different worlds. Yeah. Also, I mean, um, I think this talks, this this speaks about um, that love, I think if we understand it in a slightly less romantic and idealistic way, mm-hmm. uh, or at least for me, love is contingent. It's contingent. It's like it's really influenced by the possibilities and the circumstances of two beings or three beings or whatever amount of beings um, at a specific time and a moment. So forever in human love is always, yeah, it always has an end in a way. Like it's always going to end because human life has has is like finite and there's this dynamic of growing old and evolving um, the success of love lies in also surviving in some way that evolution and being a companion to each other and what happens when that forever is suspended uh yeah for example as Carmen said like I know Tilda Swinton I think she knows Tilda Swinton from Mm -hmm. Only Lovers Left Alive by Jim Jarmusch Uh, I like that it explores this dynamic in a vampire couple who are like together forever. Hey, we have a phone call. And we're having echoes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, there we go. Hello. 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 This is the bloodline. Thank you for calling. Would you like to stay anonymous or can we get your name? I would like to remain anonymous. Okay, anonymous it is. Hello, anonymous. How are you today? How are you doing today? I'm very good. Good. As are we. We're very excited. So, anonymous, I'm, I'm, do you do you have something vampiric to tell us? Actually, I do. Tell us. More. I well, I always knew that I had a thing for biting, especially in in intimacy. Um. It happens that sometimes when I get too excited uh, in in the kissing stages, uh-huh. I I tend to also bite. You're a biter. But I am a biter. But I always thought this was part of a like a romantic expression, some sort of uh, excitement, uh, arousal attitude. Uh-huh. But one day. Something quite particular happened. And this is the reason why I'm calling today. Perhaps I can get a diagnosis from from you blood experts. Okay. So um I go to bed with my partner as as I as I was doing for years. Mm-hmm. But this one time um we go to bed. Everything seemed normal, and in the middle of the night, I I I woke up with my partner pushing me out of the bed in a very violent way. So okay. this this violent attitude woke me up. This is true story, yeah. Wow. Um, 
he woke me up with this aggressive push. So I look at him and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Why? And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm sleeping. And he's like, no, you mad woman, you just beat my neck super hard. Oh my God. <laughs> wait, wait. Oh my God, I'm sorry. I didn't realize this is in the middle of the night also. So everything, <laughs> the conversation that we both are having is fully unconscious, etc. So what? Then we fall back to sleep. Fine. In the morning, I woke up. So does he. And I said to him, hey, you pushed me off the bed yesterday night. He comes back to me and said, yeah, and you beat my neck. Look what you've done. He shows me his neck and he has my entire jaw completely delineated like you know when you bite so hard that you leave all the teeth like the blood yeah like he had the drawing of my teeth in blood shape all in his neck weird weird well anonymous that is a lot (laughs) okay i think i have a diagnosis it looks like okay it looks like andrea has a diagnosis you're a daywalker. You're a vampire. A daywalker. Yeah, oh you're God. a vampire. Yeah, yeah, but you can walk in the day. You're you're blade. You're okay. blade, basically. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's my diagnosis. Uh, congratulations! I think you're one of the most rare creatures out there. You have superpowers. You're extra strong. Yeah. You can very difficult. Yeah, it's very difficult to kill you. Everyone wants your blood. Yeah. <laughs> It's just great. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this is good news, I guess. I think it if is. you don't win the mag, I think you, you already, you know, you won. You, you won by default. You're blade. Yeah. <laughs> I already won. I'm a winner. <laughs> wow. Uh-huh. Have I not known this? I mean, it's it also means that you were really into this person, right? I feel like I know exactly what you mean when you're biting someone. There's this, this moment that you know you can bite more. The fact yeah. that you're, you know, if you're a human, you stop. But since you're a daywalker, different rules apply to you. And you just bite. Wow. Yeah. I bite. I bite. And I got carried away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> passionate. Passionate. That's great. Well, Anonymous, thank you so much for this amazing story that you shared with us. You're very welcome, and it was really great to know that at least I'm a rare, I'm a rare creature. Yeah, you are. Great, amazing, wonderful. Well, thank you very much, dear love experts, <laughs> blood experts, I must say. Actually, you're very welcome. Until soon. Until very soon. Bye. Bye. Okay. Thank you so much. We already have two guests, two participants of this um, of this lottery that we're gonna that we're gonna perform anonymously. Uh, plus three one six eight five four zero nine one seven eight. That's our bloodline number. You can call. You can win a mug. The competition is high. I think we should do the lottery because mm-hmm. these two contributions were. They were, they were great. <gasps> well, we have another caller. 
Hello there. You have reached us on the bloodline. Are oh, we talking? Oh my god. Am I Yes. Am I on the pod? You are on the pod, honey. Would, would, oh would you like Am to I tell pod? Yes, you are. <laughs> oh god, would you like to it. Would you like to tell us your name or would you like to stay anonymous? I would love to stay anonymous. Okay. You can call me Lonely Boy. Okay, Lonely Boy. How is yeah. it going? It's very good. I'm very excited. I'm a lonely boy. I'm a friend of the pod. Fan of the pod. A fan of the pod. We love to hear. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> and very excited to hear that you guys were giving us lots of advice because much needed. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, <laughs> it's tough out there, you know. It's really hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, should I just. You can, yeah, you can you can start wherever you want. Ask us a question or go ahead. Is Andrea also there? I only hear Ayla. Yes, I am. I am. Do you hear oh me? God, there she is. We are both I here. Can't. Oh my god. Hey, I'm a little starstruck. <laughs> starstruck? Oh honey. No need. We're here for <sighs> yeah, you. We're all, anyway, we're all fans. Oh, fans. Only fans. Only fans. Only fans. Um, well, my question is as follows. Um, I had a rule with myself. I've been in a little bit of a winter dip, so to speak, right? And I thought it's getting spring. You know, things is going to happen. The clogs are turning. The bees and the, the cows and the bees and the pollen's in the air. And maybe we will have some flirtatious mov- movements and moments going on. That mm-hmm. hasn't happened yet. Okay. So I was. I actually had a rule with my friends, Ethan, that we said with um, Lila. We said, I mean, you don't know my name, but now you know Lila's name. Um, <laughs> that we said Hi, Lila. before May first, we are not. We did not have S E X. I don't have ten cuts on this pod. S E X. Then yeah. we have to sing "I'm Yours" by Jason Mraz on the dumb, um, <laughs> with a little hat on the floor. Oh my and god! That did not work. We haven't done it yet, but I have to do it now because I did not have SEX. Okay. Been had so had a lot of trouble getting into the flirtatious mood and mm. mindset. So mm. I was wondering if you girls have any advice how to get in that mindset. <clears throat> I have. Do you have also? I, I I might have something. Andrea, go ahead. Bloodbath. Bloodbath is bloodbath. Bloodbath. Blood it has been proven by many firms to be um, to be like the source of most erotic moments um, okay. and arousal. So I think you should take okay. a blood bath. I would not recommend any specific source of this blood in this in this. We don't we do not approve violence at all. But I'm just saying that's a that's a source. That's a source of arousal. That's a erotic. Uh, source that you should maybe use i will we will we will recommend some clips <laughs> we will recommend some clips to you that you can watch to get mm-hmm. inspired so yeah a little bloodbath i think it's the way to get into the mood it does sound either violent or extensive one of the two <laughs> perhaps both yeah Bloodbath, that's one idea. Okay. Okay. And the second one, I just need a little bit more context. So you and your friend are going to sing a song by Jason Mraz. 
Yeah, I'm yours. Okay. And yeah. this is I happening mean, on Dam Square. It's happening on Dam Square. You know, my friend, actually, I mean, we both didn't make 1st of May, but she had SEX last week. So okay. she leaves me alone in the gutter. Okay. Well. You're poor, very sad, depressed, and lonely. And now I'm not, I'm not sure what to do other than calling you, of course. Uh, well, well yeah. So thank you for calling because what we can do now is everyone out there listening and re-listening to this later on on the Yay and NNA website. This anonymous person, is there a date that you're going to sing Jason Mraz? I'm just, you know, oh it's, going, it's going to happen. <laughs> so people are gonna bully me no no there's not gonna be any bullying this is a great moment to uh, um check out anonymous and uh get myself out there and instead of instead of the coins going in the little hat that's on the floor how about you write down your number that's a good one and people leave their numbers and then you can just decide which one you want to get in touch with i think this performance is actually going to get you dating and having sex yeah that's true that's that's better than bloodbath i take it back i think no you know what we don't take anything back i think a bloodbath is still very interesting you know the amount of blood questionable bath questionable but perhaps a, drop a, just a day. just a drop, a little blood ritual, no problem just mix there. Mix it with some water, exactly. Homeopathy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, just do do like it, it's called a horse bath, and I love it. This way, you just wash your genitals and your armpits. So maybe just do that. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that's that's maybe. That's maybe a way to go. This 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 singing I, I of like a Jason Mraz song should just happen. I do think I like the idea of going out in public, letting people know that I will be there, so people can give yes. me their numbers in a little yes. hat. Yes. But I do wonder if it has to be me singing Jason Mraz, "I'm Yours," because I have had sex before. Oh, SEX, I'm so sorry. Before um, first of May, because that will probably be one of the lowest points of my life. So probably not the best moment to create this scenario uh, for me. But maybe maybe that is exactly the right moment. I think it's the right moment. Yeah. I think it's the right moment. I think you should, I mean, we have already talked a lot, a lot about savior feelings, like how mm -hmm. saving someone is also hot in a way. Super hot. People feel aroused about saving someone. So if you put yourself in a very bad position, uh, yes. you are likely Good to be idea. saved by a man in a horse. <laughs> wow. Yes. That is, so I will look very helpless. Yeah. Very chaotic, very dramatically <laughs> falling apart saying yeah. Jason Marek, I'm yours on them square yeah. mm -hmm. and then the prince and white horse with a stager complex will swoop their number into a little hat yeah. and that will develop into a date and I will be happy forever. I, I mean you at least will have what you want. Yeah at least the SAX and then we'll talk, ab okay. we'll talk about you know if, if that's going to be your eternal love story i do not think so but um <laughs> i think what your goals i i think this strategy is appropriate for your goals yeah yeah i'm also not looking for an eternal love story i'm looking for sorry no step sex mm -hmm. 
Yeah. 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 We deserve that all. Yeah. So, you know, we, we gotta we gotta right? go and get it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, good advice. I think I'm gonna do both, but I'm not gonna do a pure bloodbath because, like I said, violent or uh, extensive or both. Yeah, we're not <laughs> all El- Elizabeth Bathory, you know, who who has a bunch of virgins lining up to yeah. be slaughtered. You know, that's that's unfortunately. Who is that? Oh, that's that's just a a, a blood countess from a long <laughs> Elizabeth who. It's it's a blood countess countess from a long time ago. Ah, yeah. I'm gonna be more Elizabeth Holmes, like Maybe, one drop yeah. blood, like Theranos fight. You know? Right. That like sounds. Just a drop of from the finger, and that's gonna be my blood bath. I like this. I I like this. Yeah. Should I do that before or after Jason Red on yours on the damn square? I think it should it should happen half an hour before, so you still okay. have an essence Good. on you. Yeah. Well, so I'll be glowing and exactly. beautiful, but helpless. Yes. Yeah. Helplessly glowing. Perfection. You'll be like you'll be like Suki from True Blood. Mm, cool. Who was also I'm helpless and then got saved by Bill the Vampire. Should I paint on the multiple, little gap in my multiple, teeth? She got saved by multiple people, actually. Yeah. Be like Suki. Should I do a little gap in the teeth, like a little two teeth black mane? Yeah. Put, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think okay. that could work. Yeah, and she got sure. a lot of ass, so you know. She sure did. <laughs> Explicit. Yes. Not suitable for work ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love. Well, yeah. that was great advice. Okay. Well, I'm happy that we were able to give you some advice. Um, please let us know about the date if you want us to promote it. Uh, we're more than happy to do so, and we will definitely be present to uh to help during your performance yeah. setting up uh yeah no i, I definitely need a need a hand um yeah. with the with the setup yeah yeah so that will be great yeah absolutely great um i will i will i will not choose that yet because i don't have my, my my planner in front of me now but i can definitely get back to um to you guys now amazing thank you so much thank you so much anonymous Thank you for your amazing advice. Mm-hmm. I hope you can uh, provide lots more advice for people in need today. Such yeah. a generous cause. <laughs> well, let's see about that. Thanks, sure Anonymous. Well. Thank you. <laughs> bye. Have a great week. Thank you. Bye. Okay, we really have to go, but before we leave, let's make the let's make the lottery. And then we leave with the name of the winner of this fantastic mug that Elif has designed that says, I call the bloodline for eternal love advice and all I got was a mug, which is, <laughs> <laughs> which is not accurate because these, these three people that call got... We were able to give them We advice. were able to give advice. One way or another. Okay, yeah. so before we go, one... We have Carmen, we have Anonymous Daywalker, and we have Anonymous Lonely Boy. Yes. I will click the Mm -hmm. starting situation of the lottery application that I randomly found on the internet. (laughs) And then we will get one winner. Five, four, three, two, one. 
One Anonymous Lonely Boy. Oh my god. Oh my god. Congratulations. Please uh, contact us via our channels. Yes. Our Instagram channels. Uh, contact the radio. You won this fantastic limited edition of the mug. Yes, you did. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thank you so much for listening, everyone. It's funny that we, of course, did not manage to talk about all these complex triangle relationships in Buffy and in Angel, and we haven't even gone into the queer relationships. We just mentioned the very heteronormative vibes, but just except for Carmilla. But yeah, stay tuned. We stay have more. Tuned. We, we always have, have more. We we have so much more. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Thank- <laughs> <Lol>. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you all for listening. Goodbye.